Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Apple Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Nerd Wallet. Finance smarter. This is the Minnesota Tim podcast. I am Minnesota Tim. Excited to be with you recording at 3.23 p.m. in the afternoon on Wednesday. About to go bowling with a good friend. And I'm excited to do that because my wife and I have been bowling quite a bit recently. We went bowling last weekend in pinstripes. At pinstripes. And uh, it was in... Edina, Minnesota. Nice restaurant, good bowling alley. The pins took a really long time for them to reset. And honestly, it probably took away a lot of minutes that we had because the pins took so long to configure themselves back into the position that they're supposed to be configured. But, you know, you get along with it, you get past it. We went bowling a couple of weekends ago, and I'm still on my quest to bullet 200. And I need to admit something right now, because a couple of years ago, I was on a quest to bowl a 200. And quite honestly, I was getting frustrated. I was getting frustrated by the fact that I came so close so many different times and had not yet bowled a 200. I need to get this off my chest. This has been on my chest for a long time. Two years ago, when I was on the Hank Haney podcast, we went on this mission to bowl a 200. I was on this mission. I was bowling 17 games, 18 games, 20 games. I would bowl for hours and hours and hours each day. We had the um, one time we had this guy on our podcast who's a professional bowler to teach me how to bowl. He gave me tips. He gave me advice, and I still follow it to this day. And there was this one game. Now, this is probably my 22nd or 23rd game of the day. I was so close to bowling a 200. The strikes were just rolling off my chest. I was dominating the alley that I was in. And I get to 189. I'm at 189 points. Entering 
my ninth frame. So I'm like, I got this in the bag. It's over. This is over. I am going to bowl a 200 today. The amount of money that I spent to bowl, all of the different things that I was doing to bowl this 200, it was all going to come to fruition. And there was going to be a big old party at our house because I bowled a 200. At this point in my life, I was single. And when I bowled that 200, my wife was going to come walking through that door. Haley was going to come walking through that door. Chocolate would be flowing from everywhere. And everything was going to be right with the world. I'm at 189 with in my ninth frame. And I'm like, I got this. I'm on fire, like a fiery furnace. I'm like Neshack, Nashack, and Abendigo. I said that wrong. And I get ready to bowl in my ninth frame. And it's going to the left, and it's not a very good throw. But I'm fine. I'm confident. I'm feeling good. And then I decided to obviously roll again. So I you know, shook it off. I shook it off. I throw a gutter ball my next throw. So now I'm going into my 10th frame with 191 points. I got 189. That's where I was. And I got two points in my ninth frame. So I enter the 10th frame. Okay, I get a spare or a strike, and this thing is over. Na, 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 na. See you later, bowling alley. I'm getting ready. I'm still prepared. I'm a little shaken up, but I'm still confident that I can do this. And I roll it into the 10th frame. And the unimaginable happens. The unexpected happens. The craziest of crazy happens. I would have rather thrown a gutter ball than what just happened in this moment. It was absolutely ridiculous. Unfathomable, really. I throw it. It's going towards the middle. And you know how we all have these slow motion moments in our life where like our life flashes before our eyes. My life was flashing before my eyes in this moment. It was slow motion. The ball, which I roll about 15 to 20 miles per hour on a given throw, it felt like it was rolling at one miles per hour. This was going to be a strike. It was going down the middle, right down the pipe, but not right down the pipe because if you throw it right down the pipe, it's going to split them. It was just a little bit to the right of right down the pipe, and that's exactly where you want the ball to go. The result is a split, and I was probably the most angry, the most frustrated that I'd ever been in my entire life. It was unbelievable. And I, you know, was thinking maybe this is how I get my 200. Maybe I have to roll a split or get a split to get my 200. Maybe this is how I earn it. So, you know what? 
I shook it off. I quickly got over it and I got my roll back. I was rolling it towards the two pins, hoping to deflect it and knock the one pin to the right. But it turned out that I did not get the other pin to the right. I bowled a 199. I bowled a 189 through eight frames. And I failed to bowl an 11 in my final two frames. I got two in ninth frame. And I got eight in the 10th frame. I was so frustrated that what I did next, because I was spending a lot of money to bowl this 200, and I was angry and bitter and frustrated with the bowling alley. I went to my score. I edited it. I edited it, and I made it look like a bowl to 217. I got it off my chest. Whew, it felt good to get off my chest. Now the whole world knows that I didn't actually bowl a 200. I went to Instagram. You know, I did the whole shebang. I went to Instagram. I posted that I bowled a 200. I talked with Hank that I bowled a 200. It was a complete conspiracy theory. There's conspiracy theories that people believe, you know, JFK is still alive. Uh, Elvis is over there in the Netherlands. Michael Jackson's still hanging out. Or was it Nancy Pelosi? Oh, yeah. It was Nancy Pelosi, not Michael Jackson. Anywho, I, had a, I created a whole conspiracy theory that I bowled a 200. I even told my wife that when I was engaged that I bowled a 200. That's how far this thing spread to. It was a complete lie that everybody bought. And it was a lie that I only knew. I was only bowling by myself, so nobody else could confirm whether I lied or not. And I did lie. And for that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I wasn't authentic. I'm sorry that someone who carries themselves as authentic wasn't authentic. I did bowl a 199, and now I can live with it. And now I'm on the journey again of bowling a 200. My wife and I have bowled four times over the last eight weeks or so. And the closest I was was a 173. I bowled five strikes in a row at one point. I'm getting the game back. And I'm close to getting it all the way back. I'm working on it. I'm working on bowling a 200. I'm bowling in two hours tonight. And I hope maybe tonight is the night. Maybe tonight is the night that I inch a little bit closer to a 200. Or having a baby in two months at the end of May is we're due. So can I bowl a 200 before the baby comes? Or will I have to drop the baby off at my in-law's house or at my parents' house just so I can go bowling again? Ah, man. Feels good to get that off my chest, world. I'm sorry for those of you who I disappointed. But I hope you guys have a little respect for this because I'm being honest. I could have gone to my grave with the fact that I didn't actually bowl a 200. I could have gone to heaven and confessed it to the Lord and said, Lord, I know I lied about that. I know I didn't actually bowl a 200. But. 
here I am being honest and authentic. I am explaining the truth. This was a conspiracy theory. Anyway, let me talk about Kirk Cousins. Got that off my chest. Kirk Cousins signed an extension with the Minnesota Vikings. And it's, it's what I've been saying the entire time. I've said for months and months, even back to last season, that Kirk Cousins, it was in the best interest for him and it was in the best interest for the Minnesota Vikings to sign Kirk Cousins to an extension because for several reasons. The first reason is for Kirk Cousins. No player in the NFL wants to play on a one-year contract because what if the worst possible situation happens? What if Kirk Cousins, instead of bowling a 199, but he's trying to pull a, pull a 200, tears his ACL while trying to throw a touchdown pass and is intercepted on a pick six? What if he tears his ACL or pops his Achilles or injures his shoulder? What if that happens? There is no security there. He has not promised past this season. And if an injury does happen, well, he's going to have to rehab it for years. And then who's going to want to sign him off of a rehab? Nobody. So it was in the best interest of Kirk Cousins to sign an extension. And of course, that's what him and his agent decided to do. It's not math here. It's obvious. And it's also in the best interest for the Minnesota Vikings because I don't quite think people understand just how complicated it is to find a starting quarterback who's capable of winning playoff games on the road. I think people forget the fact that Kirk Cousins in overtime went into New Orleans on the road against Drew Brees, against Sean Payton, and threw a game-winning touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph. Through a magnificent, magnificent pass to Adam Thielen for like 40-something yards to the two-yard line. And I think on third down, he threw a touchdown pass to Kyle Rudolph. Do Minnesota Vikings fans just forget this fact? Do Vikings fans forget that Kirk Cousins went into New Orleans, beat one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Drew Brees on the road? One of the greatest head coaches of all time. Sean Payton. It is so difficult to get a capable starting quarterback like that. You look at some of the quarter, uh, the, some of the teams around the league, and you will see teams that have failed and failed and failed to try to get a capable starting quarterback. You don't have to look any further than the Miami Dolphins. They haven't won a playoff game in forever. The Patriots went to the playoffs last year. They didn't win a playoff game. The Buffalo Bills struggled to find a quarterback for the longest time until finally getting Josh Allen. You don't realize how many teams have just been in the gutter for so long because they have searched 
and searched and searched for a franchise quarterback that can go on the road and win in playoff games. Well, first get the team to the playoffs and then win on the road in the playoff game. And the Vikings have found that it's expensive, but all quarterbacks are expensive. The problem isn't Kirk Cousins contract. The problem is the Minnesota Vikings ability to draft and take those players from the draft and import them into the defensive lineup. You see the Packers, you see the Patriots, you see these elite teams with great quarterbacks who they're paying a ton do that all the time. They get these players and mold them into starters. The Devondre Campbell, who played for the Minnesota Gophers, the Packers, he was on the Arizona Cardinals. The Packers find him, recognize his talents, put him into the starting lineup, and now they just gave him a huge deal. That's what the Vikings need to do. They need to draft and replace because let's face it, you're not getting to the Super Bowl unless you're paying a quarterback 35 or $40 million. So whether it's Kirk Cousins or somebody else, the problem isn't the quarterback. The problem is getting players and pieces in and around the quarterback with minimum contracts. How many drafts have the Vikings previous regime failed at getting starters into the mix? Jeff Galadney, who the Vikings released after he allegedly abused his girlfriend, I think. I think it's his girlfriend. I know he allegedly abused somebody, but now he's innocent. He just visited the Arizona Cardinals today. What if he becomes a stud? Well, the Vikings may have made a mistake and released him before he was actually innocent. By the way, what is up with this whole innocent until proven guilty crap? What a lie. You're guilty until you're proven innocent. That's the truth. And everybody knows it. How many players are released in the NFL because they are um, going through an investigation? Deshaun Watson. Talk about guilty until proven innocent. He didn't play last year, and teams didn't really have much interest in him until he was proven innocent. But to the point, the point being is that the Vikings have failed to put pieces around Kirk Cousins. They have failed to put an offensive line around Kirk Cousins. They have failed to put capable defensive backs around Kirk Cousins. That's the issue. Eventually, you're going to have to figure out how to put a winning product on the field around a 35 or $40 million quarterback, or your team is not going to win. That's the facts. And it just happens to be Kirk Cousins, who I've said what I've said and, and what I've said already, he's gone on the road and won against the greatest quarterback, one of them of all time. This was the best move for Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, when you look at it, how far off is Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford? I will agree, Matthew Stafford has more arm talent. But at the end of the season, Stafford couldn't throw the ball 50 yards down the field without throwing interceptions. He threw, what, two or three interceptions in the Super Bowl? And then he drove down and had the game-winning touchdown, which was ballsy and awesome. But still, 
Stafford won a Super Bowl. He's being paid a lot of money. The Rams have pieces around him that aren't getting paid a bunch. And that's how they win. That's how they put pieces around them. They drafted, and everyone wants to talk about, you know, the Jalen Ramseys and the um, Von Millers and the Odell Beckham Juniors. 90% of the Rams roster was through the draft. They got these players, drafted them, molded them into starters, and then they were able to go get other pieces to surround Matthew Stafford. That's how winning organizations do it. And now we got Kevin O'Connell coming from the Rams, hopefully can take what they did in the Rams organization and bring it over to the Vikings organization. The Vikings have plenty of moves to make over the next few days with Anthony Barr and Adam Thielen and Daniel Hunter. So we'll see what they do. They need to cut some more cap, but I mean, most of the free agents are gone anyway. We'll see what they do in the draft. Will they draft a defensive back? Will they re-sign Patrick Peterson? Will they draft some offensive linemen? Will Wyatt Davis become a stud? There's a lot to see. I mean, he's talented, clearly. Drafted from Ohio State. He's motivated this offseason, according to him, but how many players say that? There's a lot of things going on with the Minnesota Vikings. A lot of moving, a lot of shifting will be happening in the next few days. It's a fun show. I enjoyed today's show. Honesty, authenticity, and feels good. Feels good to get this off my chest. Hope everyone has a great day. Be awesome.